that it is not fucking working. My, my, I can't, I can't even log into Blog Talk Radio. Yo, I can, I can hear you cursing on the radio. I can hear you. I can hear you. All right. Yeah. You good though, we good, it's just you and I. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on mute now and I'm Yo, just all I need mute. is one mic, one beat, one stage, one nigga front, my face on the front page. Only if I had one gun, one girl and one crib, one god to show me how to do things as sun did pure. Like a cup of virgin blood, mixed with 151, one sip will make a nigga flip. Writing names on my hollow tips, plotting shit, mad violence, who I'm gonna body, this hood politics, acknowledge Leave bodies chopped up in garbage, seeds watch us, grow up and try to follow us, police watch us, roll up and try knocking us, one knee I duck, could it be my time is up, with my luck I got up, the cops shot again, bust stop glass burst, a fiend drops a Heineken, ricochet in between the spots that I'm hiding in, blacking out, I shoot back. Fuck getting hit, this is my hood, I'm a rap To the death of it, to everybody, come on Little niggas, it's grown, hood rats Don't abortion your wound, we need more warriors soon Shit from the stars, sun and the moon And it's like a police chase, the street sweepers and coppers Sick up kids with no conscience, leaving victims with doctors If you really think you're ready to die, we're nines out This is what nines is about, niggas, the time is now to oppress people, African power to an African people, and black power. It's your brother and host, National Chairman Yang and Kuma, People's Black Panther Party for Self-Determination, coming to you again today on a Tuesday. Glad to come to you. Sorry about the delay. Sorry about the cancellation last Tuesday. Um, had a neck injury, was on some medication, man, was just out of commission. And we had a little bit of a delay getting started today, but nonetheless, we're here it feels good to be back with our people. I'm taking this opportunity to inform our people, to share with our people. You know my saying. You know my saying. And that saying is collectively, communally, there's nothing that we as an African people can accomplish. Individuality, separation, and division only ensures our certain demise and our destruction as a race and as a people. What's happening? Um, listening, audience. Today's show we're talking about uh, has colonization, the effect that colonization, you know what, let me, I'm going to read it because I want to quote it verbatim. The effect of colonization on African relationships and family. The effect of colonization on African relationships and family. And one of the things that brought this up is, you know, seeing the dynamic between um, our communities the dynamic that's happening in our communities between, you know, couples, between um, the treatment of the women by the brothers, the sisters by the men, the way we treat our children, the way we treat our, our neighbors. Has, has, is this an effect of colonization or is this innate in African people? I mean, is this just something that we do? I personally believe that, if, as, you, as you have always heard me say, that the nigger is a creation of America that America had a process for the African, and that was the niggerization of the African. 
So the nigger, in order to create a nigger, some of the key components that they used was after they took the African from the African's culture, from the African's tradition, from their heritage, their Norways, their Norways, their celebrations, their gods, their modes of worship, anything that was natural to the African. After taking the African away from that, they gave the African, um, or let me see, the African be, begin to have to adapt naturally so, like any species does, it begins to adapt to its environment. And that environment for the African, after being removed from his natural environment, was a bastardization of already a bastard culture. Let's understand who the people were that founded this country. These people were criminals. They were dissidents. They were um, somewhat unsatisfied or dissatisfied with the present government. So they were a, you know, they like to sell us this dream. Here it is. They like to sell us this dream that these people were Protestants. They were, pro, you know, protesting against the church and they wanted freedom of religion. And they, in their spirit of exploration and, and their frontier, um, Demeanor. They came out and they explored the wilderness and established new lands. It's not necessarily the truth. The truth of the matter is Britain wanted to colonize America. They wanted to wealth and the resources, and they sent their undesirables. They sent their criminals, their vagabonds, those that were in debt, those people that were looking to make a new. And, yeah, some people probably came over here to escape religious persecution, you know, but even then, they were looked at as being the undesirables of that particular society. So this country was founded on a bunch of miscreants and misfits. And naturally, which is we already know that their nature anyway is a deviant nature. So imagine a people um, that already are naturally deviant sending the deviants of the deviant, the most deviant of their society. To found this country And we see by the way that it was founded That they were just that Deviant, savage, brutal I mean Some of the worst They perpetrated the worst crimes in human history In the history of civilization From the genocide of Native Americans To the indigenous people that were here To the enslavement Of free men and women Africans To be brought over here In their labor and to be used as a chattel property, like cattle, you know, I mean, just any type of uh, human rights usurped, taken. There is no way that, in any way that they treated us during the, I mean, even now, but especially then during physical slavery, during the chattel slavery, was remotely, remotely resembling of um, any type of form of humanity. So now with all of these type of, this all of this trauma, you know, let's go back. All of the, the trauma of being kidnapped, stolen, separated from your language, separated from your people, separated from anything that would connect you or tie you to any form of civilization or the advancements and the achievements of any people. I mean, I'm talking about just in cel their celebrations, their gods, anything that, I mean, just totally removed you from any connection to the greatness that you were as a people. And then traumatized you physically, emotionally, psychologically, spiritually, 
traumatize you. And we wonder why our relationships fail. And we wonder why our relationships fail. We haven't taken a real look at the process of colonization. We haven't taken a real, and in our effort to get back to some normalcy, in our effort to get back to um, what would be considered, you know, to try to combat what was done to us, I think sometimes, in my opinion, you know how we do, you can press one and chime in if you want to share. In my opinion, I think that we go too far. I think in an effort, and the sisters, I know you may get upset with this, in an effort to feel empowered, in an effort to begin to lift yourself up, I think that you go too far. I think that the women begin to start to practice the feminine supremacy. You know, I do believe in the divine feminine. I do believe that the very fact that these women can give life and bring, um, you know, bring life into existence and nurture life and just the magnificence of the female anatomy and just her strength and everything that I think is wonderful. But to think that that puts you on a status above every other human being in particular, specifically the black man, I think that I think it's wrong. I think that that is an effect. It is a reaction to an action that has happened to us during slavery. I think it's in a reaction to an action that happened to us during slavery, and we see it all. The, and we see it all the time. We see the effects of it. I was talking to someone I can't quite remember who I was talking to, and they used an example of when of how we raise our daughters and just let our men child go, you know, kind of go a uh, 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 nilly willy, and or if our men child accomplish something and that and they get accomplished, uh, they get complimented on it. Then you'll find a black woman say, "Oh, he ain't shit. He ain't ready. He's all right. He ain't all of that." And I know that to be true. I've heard that say he's okay. And you know, I didn't know what that stemmed from. And they said that stemmed from slavery because they were scared for the man child to get attention. If someone said, "Oh, he sure is strong," or he's, "Oh, he's okay. He's all right. He ain't all that," so that master wouldn't really put his attentions on him and quite possibly sell it. Or some other type of sick, perverted, twisted shit that they're known to do, that history bears witness, that they have done to an African people. So this effect has stemmed over, and it's, and you know, it's stemmed, and we still downplay the masculine. We still, and maybe it's from a subconscious, you know, maybe it's subconscious because of black men were targeted. Uh, specifically during slavery, particular specific things during slavery. Not saying that our women didn't go through things, but we know that the black man went through things and that if you can keep an imbalance, you can control the black community. So our women were forced to be in positions of power a lot of times. They were forced to be in positions of power. And with this position of power, I think what ended up happening as time you know, um, went on as society evolved and time went on, the underlining, the current of white supremacy was there, of subjugation of the African, of the black man and the black woman was still there, but we forgot the tactics. And what ends up happening is the uh, some of our sisters, some of the black women begin to feel that it's just, you know, it's magical. It's, and it, it is our divine feminine while we're on top. And while, no, it's social, it's social, and cultural 
uh, uh, manipulation and handling. It's social and cultural manipulation and handling. And I think that we have to be, I think that our sisters have to be mindful of that. Like the men have to be mindful of that. And so what ends up happening is that you have, and, and you know, then so now with this type of supremacist attitude, and if not a supremacist attitude, an attitude of being tired of the black man, being sick of the black man, being, you know, forgetting why we're in the position that we're in, forgetting about the conditioning that had taken place for the black man, we began to dump that the disdain or the dislike for the black man and the, the ways of the black man. And the people that suffer the most are the children. Some of you sisters have to remember that you have little black boys. So when you somewhere on about a nigga ain't shit, remember you got a little black boy listening. And he begins to conceptualize that. Niggas ain't shit. Black man ain't shit. And he begins to, when you begin to take on this mantra, when you take on this affirmation, when this begins to fester and grow inside of little black boys, it manifests itself in various ways. And I've seen it manifest itself in various ways. And we wonder what's wrong with our community. But it all starts at home. I tell the black woman If you want to be the divine feminine, then you must take the responsibility of being the divine feminine. If you want to be divine. You can't be divine, you can't be a goddess, you can't be godlike on one hand and then put the blame or the responsibility in in other places. The responsibility is going to lie with you. It's the same thing I tell brothers. If you're professing to be a god, a king, and all of these things that we love, these titles of grandeur, we love all of these titles, then we must take the responsibilities that come with them. But in order to take the responsibilities that come with them, we have to know why we have the problems that we're facing. And one of the reasons that we're facing the problems that we're facing is colonization. We like to think that that's something of old, that that's past, and we're, we're, we're browbeating. We're beating a dead horse. But it is real. The fact that you and I are over here speaking English, the fact that you and I don't know an African language, the fact that you and I, an African people, melanated people with dark skin, can't tell me, you can't tell me what tribe you come from, what part of the continent of Africa you come from, is a crime. It is a crime that has been perpetrated against you and I. And we're quick to forgive and let go not understanding the long-term effects, the generational effects it has had on our children, not just you and I, but it is having on our children and our family and how it is ruining our relationships because there is no traditional or cultural way that we can defy black family. How do you defy black family? What is an African family? We know when we go to the continent of Africa that they have traditions. They have a tradition. Their tribe does a certain thing. They do it this way. The man is expected to behave in such a manner. The woman is expected to behave in this manner. Their traditions, their customs, it's called a culture. 
the African here in America, you and I, that has been taken from us and we're fumbling in the dark and trying to find our way. And what ends up happening is we end up adapting and adopting all type of um, other, not just religions, but the nationality and the culture of those religious ways, trying to impose them and inflict them on African people. And then we wonder why our bodies naturally, or we wonder why we have these problems in our household, or we have these problems in communicating to one another, because it's like teaching a dog to be a cat. Some things are just not innate in the African man and woman. Some things are just not, it doesn't feel right. It's not natural. For you and I to emulate some of the things that we're emulating. For you and I to try to assimilate into some of the things that are, are forced upon us to assimilate to. Yet time and time again, you find us trying to do it. You find our beautiful, uh, melanated, dark-complected, chocolate milk, chocolate, dark-complected sisters with blue eyes and blonde hair, contacts and wigs, emulating something that is historically shown that it doesn't agree with them, nor does it like your black self. You find our brothers not just shaving every hair off of their face, but trying to walk and talk and have the mannerism of their oppressor. You find these effects of colonization very real in the African man and the African woman, and it's something that we sweep under the rug. We must have a cultural revolution, and a cultural revolution is not necessarily just an Afrocentric revolution. I'm not saying exchange one master for another master, because some of those colonized Negroes in Africa, I tell you, and I tell you again, brother, some of those colonized Negroes in Africa are no better than this goddamn white man or this, or this uh, uh, Negro over here that emulates this white man in this country. The African here in America, in order for us to have a revolution, a revolution of substance, a revolution that will bring about a real change, a constructive change, a change that will better the condition of African people, first must take the uh, historical material dialectics of the African here in America, let's understand what do I mean by that? Brother Yanger, what do you mean by the historical material dialectics? A dialectic is two opposites, two opposing views, two opposing forces, and when those forces come together, then they create something new. It's science. It's, it's all it is. It's, it's, it says that every action must have an equal and opposite reaction. You reap what you sow, the law of attraction. You've heard it in many forms. Do unto others as you have done, that type of thing. You've heard it in many forms. So when these opposites come together, when these two polar opposites come together, it's a dialectic. A change must come. And what is the material and historical? The material is anything tangible. The material is realistic. The material are things that you can touch in historical is our history. And we must take all of these components and look and how it goes into the African in America, how it has made us a dynamic extension of the chapter of the African experience. We've been ashamed of it. What are you and I ashamed of? Why are we ashamed at the atrocities and the barbaric behavior that was perpetrated against us. If anything, you should applaud yourself, black man and black woman, that you have and your ancestors had the fortitude and the perseverance and the, and the faith 
to come through, come out of, to carry on through, like I said before, the worst trials and tribulations in human history, in the history of civilization. I defy, I challenge anyone to say that they've had a history more tumultuous than the African here in America. So it should be embraced. And once it's embraced and looked at realistically, you see, we have to stop trying to escape it. We 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 love to practice an escapism. The African in America, he loves to escape. He escapes to his religion, his or her religion. They escape even we romanticize and fantasize about the mother continent Africa. I'm African. I you know, I'm African too, but I'm African. And you go back to a pre-colonized Africa. If you were truly African, if you felt the pains of Mother Africa, then you would fight against the artificial borders. You would fight against criminal settlerism. You would fight against colonialism. You would fight against the usurpers, the ones, the, like in the Bandung Conference, when they carved up Mother Africa like a Christmas turkey and divided her between the different nations. You would have, you would protest that. You would speak out against the injustices to Mother Africa. But you're not up on the current affairs of Africa. You like pre-colonized Africa. You like the Egyptian, you like Egypt of old. You know, you, 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 and, and that's how we like to do. We don't like to get involved in the realities, the day-to-day, even in our religion. You have the Christians say, give me that old time, give me that old-time religion, Lord. Give me that old-time religion. We have the African Muslims, the black Muslims here in America. They emulate not the Muslims of the day, the Prophet Muhammad 1,475 years ago, that they walk around looking like, uh, uh, I don't want to say prehistoric, they go around looking like Arabs of 1,475 years ago. The black Hebrews, I'm talking about you too, you walk around, you're trying to look like Moses. Escapism. Afraid to face realities, afraid of the revolution. The last poet said, niggas are afraid of revolution. So we understand, and it's understandable. I can understand why you would be afraid of revolution, but it's not an excuse. You're afraid of revolution because it has revolution, uh, change, fighting for change, or anything that fighting for independence and self-determination, the very thought of that, the very mentioning of that, when you stood up for that, you were brutalized. We, I say you, talking about we as a people, we were brutalized. It was encouraged again. So it's a part of a genetic memory now. We don't know why we get the heebie-jeebies. We don't know why we have an aversion towards it. Some of us are just getting to the point where we can really actually talk about it. But to really be about that life is a whole different story. To really commit to the betterment, the empowerment, the advancement of African people is a different story, and that's what I'm challenging you on. How many times have you heard me come on the radio program? How many times have you heard me talk about that we need to get away from just something that appeases our conscience, something that, you know, our revolution is, it's, I don't even want to say our revolution, but a lot of brothers and sisters are into this as a pastime. But when you look into their life, when you look into their everyday activities, it's counterproductive, counterrevolutionary. Some of you same brothers and sisters on Facebook, with all the pretty posts, haven't committed to revolution. 
You haven't committed to a complete and constructive change because that complete and constructive change begins within you. Oh, yes, brothers. It begins within you. It takes a critical self-analysis. You must begin to look at yourself realistically and critique yourself realistically. And it is sometimes it's very difficult because we will find the things that we enjoy. We will find the things that we have grown to call our customs or our habits or just our little thing that we do. We will begin to find that it is detrimental to our health, to our communities, that it's counterproductive, that it takes responsibility. See, that's a word that the revolutionary must embrace and must come to, come to grips with. But it is a word that the nigger hates. The nigger is scared of responsibility. The nigger, the nigger shakes. The nigger trembles at responsibility and accountability. The nigger doesn't want to. Let me explain to you about the nigger. The nigger wants to spin. The nigger wants to spin. The nigger wants to enjoy life. The nigger wants to be nilly-willy. The nigger wants to be free. And the nigger doesn't care who is harmed by the nigger spending or what the nigger does. Nigger loves being a nigger. Ignorance is bliss. Isn't it? Isn't this what we're taught, that ignorance is bliss? So the nigger loves being a nigger. The nigger is engrossed in his niggerism. It feels good. This is what the nigger does. It, it feels good. So even if the nigger is spending money with people who are sponsoring atrocities in the very Africa that this so-called Negro, this so-called African claims to love, or that this nigger is spending money with companies that endorse the uh, Donald Trump campaigns or um, other politicians who make policies and legislation and laws on the books specifically targeting you and I, but we won't take the time to sit and think about who we spend our dollar with. This is why America created the nigger, because the nigger is confused. The nigger has no goals. The nigger has no values. The nigger don't care about nothing. The nigger say bling, bling, bling. Nigger don't even make a nigger makes sounds for but bling, bling, chitching. The nigger, we capitalize off the nigger. America loves its niggers. America despises this nigger when he evolves and rises up into an African full of awareness, an African that says, hey, you know what, that I am not a nigger. I'm an African having an American experience. So if you want to call me nigger, then put aware in front of that nigger. I'm an aware nigger, a conscious nigger. I'm a dangerous nigger. This is what begins to happen. This nigger, this ignorant nigger, this clownish nigger, this buffoonish ass nigger becomes a dangerous nigger. And this is what America is scared of. He's scared of the awakened, the conscious black man and woman, the awakened and conscious African, because that's what they call a dangerous nigga. No longer is he susceptible or she susceptible to the tomfoolery, the buffoonish behavior, the clowning, mannerism and ways of the African. No longer are, 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 are they subject to that. But they begin to have a purpose and a design. Let me go to my phone lines. You see the phone lines lighting up. Let's go to our phone lines. 
Area code nine one five four one two two. Your mic is open. Uh, good evening, Chairman. How are you? This is K Mac. Hey, Sister K Mac. How are you? Um, I'm good. I'm good. Um, excellent topic for this evening. Uh, I know you have, you know, you've kind of been broad about it, but kind of want to go back to your, you know, beginning sentiments um, regarding, you know, black women and black men. Um, mm-hmm. I thought your analysis was was okay. Um, but I think one of the things that needs to begin is that we have to understand that yes, we were all enslaved. Yes, we were all impacted. Yes, we are we are all part. No one got away from that. However, all of us, not even the majority of us, um, succumb to the negativity of what we see on Facebook, women towards men, men towards women. Um, I think we should be careful about putting it out there. Granted, I understand there's a lot floating around on our social media, but for the most part, um, I think one thing that we should stop is first we need to recognize that, yes, we come from uh, other countries. Everything was ripped away from us. Yes, we were colonized. All of that, I got that part. But we need to stop using it as an excuse not to do better. And that's what I see more of, um, that uh, the the fact that there was enslavement, the fact of PTS, uh, PTSS, um, I'm seeing, me personally, I'm seeing more people use it as the excuse to continue to do what they, they're doing, which is really nothing. And then when you don't um, feed or support that excuse, then you become a target of the nastiness. Um, and I know many queens grew up with a very active working father, you know, with a very active, loving relationship between mother and father. Um, I saw a meme today that talked about strong black women. And the thing is, is we as people need to stop allowing them to write our narrative. I was brought up to be a strong black woman, but it had nothing to do with I don't need a man. That's that piece that was added on to this colonization mindset. We were taught as young girls, you should be able to cook, clean, sew, knit, crochet, take care of the home. In other words, the Proverbs 31 woman, and if he can't, you still handle it. No whining, no, no crying about it, just handle it you know, because the family needs you to handle it. Um, we were taught that a strong black woman puts her family, her home, her marriage, and her community first. That's what many of us were taught is a strong black woman. And that piece with we don't need a man, I was never taught that. And most of the black women that I know of never taught that. So this has nothing to do with um uh, us as black women, it has everything to do with the colonizing mindset and the femin- the feminist movement, which had nothing to do with us. So I think yeah. we need to understand and not paint everybody with such a broad brush because, mm-hmm. you know, I'm one of those women, I'm going to take care of my man, my family, my community, my home. 
he does his thing as a man, I take my step back or move forward. If he can't do it, I got it. Just like if I can't do it, he's got it. You know, that's how I was brought up. That's how many people were brought up. You know, we were not those blacks that didn't fight back. We were among the blacks that fought back. I want to jump in here for a minute because, you know, um, and I don't want to date us. You know, I don't want to date ourselves. You know, you and I are probably a little older than a lot of the so-called new generation coming up. There's a new phenomenon. The black family is taking on a new phenomenon. I understand what you're saying. You know, listen, I know my father. My father was around people of my era in, 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 our, you know, you know, in our bracket, 40-plus. You know, I'll just say 40-plus right. and on up. Probably remember our fathers going around being around because that was the social cultural norm. You know, now right. it's a whole new dynamic. You know, when I was coming up, yeah, I got a, um, I have a brother and a sister. I have two sisters and a brother by, you know, um, different, we have different mothers. You know, mm-hmm. but I, I don't, I don't, coming up, I don't remember baby mama, baby daddy drama. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, the whole new generation. Is is facing this new phenomenon. That's not anything new. Listen, men having children by multiple women, women having children right. by different men is not anything new. It's the way that it's right. being handled is a new phenomenon oh. in the community. Go in ahead, actuality, that's not that's not correct either, because they the 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 older generation did it the same way. We just didn't have a magnifying glass and a spotlight on it. Okay? The thing that has changed dramatically is the lack of some or a few of our black men to work. They yeah. have to work. That is the some that's one thing that I see that is very different. But we still had, you know, baby mamas. We still had, you know, that's where the song by, by Clyde Family Stone, Papa Was a Rolling Stone, that's where it came yeah. from. He was making babies everywhere. Everywhere. So, but really, do we have the drama, though? But do you remember, honestly, do you remember like it is today, baby mama, baby daddy drama? I don't, like I said, yes. I agree with you. It's, yes. I don't, I don't that's remember what that. Saying, I do. But I, I did. I mean, I got to see all of that. I've got to see the flying, the flying fry pans. I got to see the fights. I got to see, you know, all the arguing out in the middle of the street. I've seen all of that. So there is, that's what we have to stop. There is no difference. There really is not. They, the faces are just a little younger. At the same token, you know, it's almost like we use that to keep us separated, to keep us from doing the work that's needed to build the unity and heal the wounds. I, see, I, I don't you know subscribe what? to any of that because yeah. it exists. It exists today I'm, like it exists yesterday. We just I'm going to tell you, I have to, different technology. I'm going to have to respectfully, I'm going to have to respectfully, I'm going to have to respectfully um, disagree. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, those things okay. may have, may, may have, may have occurred, but it was our communities were were such that it wasn't as um bad. I can't remember it being. Yeah, of course, you know, you, you had the 
you you had the couples that disagreed. You had some things going on, especially if if, if you know if brothers wasn't above board or if sisters wasn't above board. But I don't remember okay. the community as being as bad. I was taught coming up that there were certain things, you know, manhood had um, definitions. You know, even if it wasn't right. all of manhood, men, there was things men did. You would you would hear that even from the women. Men don't do this. My grandmother used to say, keep you in there. Women look at a man's hands and feet. Women don't like a lazy man. Men don't do this, man. She would tell my sisters, ladies don't do this. Ladies don't do that. Then when you got the grandmama 28, you know what I'm saying, and a baby herself, I think that the whole, I I think that our communities have shifted because I think that the attack against us like you said, Collins, I don't agree with using that as an excuse, but I think that it has to be taken in consideration that it's real. And I think that their attack intensified, but our resistance against the attack stayed the same. We don't evolve. As the attack evolved, I don't think our resistance evolved. Hey, listen, but I think our Minister Justice want to say something. Um, Minister Justice, did you want to say something? Yes, Black Power family. Uh, Black Power. Black Power. Uh, what I was thinking was, you know, I grew up in a household with a mother and a father, and all of those things, the fights and everything, let me tell you, um, he was my stepfather, but he raised me since I was two. And then I remember that my stepbrother lived upstairs. We had a two-family house. My half-brother lived upstairs. We had another half-sister that lived across town, another, one, another half-brother that lived up the street a little while, and my mother, was, my mother embraced all of them. And then my, my, my point is, <clears throat> when it came to the fights and whatnot, we were taught you don't take nothing outside the house. Nobody outside yeah. the house is to know what goes on in your home. So I think what, and, and, and somebody said to me once that society goes against you. I believe that once society started putting these restrictions as far as you being able to chastise your child, what you would put your child, when the kids go to school, the things that they would teach them in school, and then the crack era didn't help at all. Because once the crack era came in, then morals and principles went out the window, and these are the same people that had babies. And the babies that they had, they wasn't raising. Other people were raising them, or these children were raising themselves. So consequently, everything now, if there's a fight, is still out into the street. I don't need no man. This and that, because now you're dealing with, you got a young girl who's dealing with a guy, or vice versa, whose parents were, were drug addicts, and, and never, never taught them nothing. So he'll get there, he, he'll get there with her, and maybe she got a place to live, because my grandmother told me once that there are a lot of men out there that know that if you got children, that they know that they're going to have a place to, to sleep and some food, because they know that uh, you got to take care of them kids. It's not like that these days no more. And, I, and, I, and in my experience, when it comes to the men, I run into a lot of men that don't want to do anything for a black woman, especially if they are um, if they're very successful. They don't they don't want no no intelligent black woman. They want somebody that is kind of dumbed down that they can um, manipulate. And then, then if they can't manipulate you, they don't want to be bothered with you. And that that's been my experience. You know, so as far as the black woman. You know, and I've never told my children, oh, your father ain't this or that. Again, I think that that has to do with demographics. Because there's some people that's been living in the subculture so long that this is the ideology of the subculture to, 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 to say horrible things about the father to the kids, you know, or, or around the kids to really. 
intent is really to destroy the image of the father in front of the child, not thinking about what's going to happen in the long run. So I just yes. wanted to kind of jump in on that, you know, um, uh, Black Power, because I think this is a real good conversation. It needs to be had because I had my son here a little while ago. And I'll never forget, you know, like when he was 16, he did something. And I was like, no. You know, I took his car. And then he was like, you can't hold me here. I'll call the police. And tell me, you holding them against, hold me against my will. And then I said, well, I tell you what, I might as well break your neck right now. Because if you're going to call the police and they're going to arrest me, then you're going to be hurt. So, I mean, it's, it's a lot. Of, and, he, and then he was learning these things. Because he got right. He got right. You know, he learned that from school. So um, I think it's the, the, the society as well as the crack era that has infiltrated us as, um, to further try to destroy our family base. So that's all I got to say on that. And black power to all the black men. I put something on our page um, with Queen Latifah. And she, you know, you and I, T.Y., and in the end, she was saying, you know, basically, love a black man and woman from infinity to infinity. You know, so, uh, as I said, a lot of this stuff has a lot to do with society and a subculture that these crack babies grew up in. Black power and I love all of y'all. Black power. Black power. Black power. And if, if I can just piggyback on that, she is 100% correct. I will agree with This is why I don't go back to the slavery piece. The crack era took the mamas out of the house. It really did. It wiped the women out. And that, they were the biggest recipients of, you know, that particular drug. When it came to heroin, which was before that, you had both mom and dad on the nod on the corner. Prior to that, most men were wiped out using alcohol, high rates of drugs, and other more. So if anything, we need to look not so far back as slavery, which is what I'm talking about. We need to look at something more recent that did what it was supposed to do. You've got alcohol, you've got um, heroin, and you have crack. Those are the things that really worked to break up the family. Children were Mm -hmm. left alone, and if the family broke up, who steps in? So it's not so much the mom brought in the welfare and all the rest of that and the, and, the, and, the, and the child support and all that. Those drugs opened the door for that. And the government has no problem. They don't take a step in. They swing the door wide open and come in all the way. Those well, absolutely. were left by themselves. And that was one of the, the biggest culprits. Because when crack came along and took mom out, now you really got children who are sitting by themselves. I just need to look at them a little closer. And not just, you know, it's it's not, you know, one of the things, and I see you calling, we're going to go to the phone lines. But one of the things is, it's, and the reason I go back to slavery up until now is because it's called preconditioning. You know, there's certain communities that you can't do things in. You can't even introduce that community to because they – it's it's against their culture, their tradition, against everything that they believe in, they stand for as a people, not just individuals, but as a people. So we were preconditioned to receive certain things and to allow ourselves to be subjugated even further than we were. Right. And crack not only did the users, not only was it the users, I mean, we're looking at a time because I'm one of those people, unfortunately, 
you're talking about in the eighties, you know, in the eighties I was a, a, a teenager. So I was one of those, you know, one of those wasn't always the best in the community, though I knew that. And um, it wasn't so much just the, the users. You were talking about a time me at 14 and 15, I'm making two, 3000 a day like that in the 80s when it came out. Yes, like stacks. So you're taking a child, and it's not you're not going to get a lot of resistance from your parents when you're coming in paying bills. You know what I'm saying? The whole dynamic, you know, so the whole dynamic shifted. Listen, I want to go to my phone lines because I had these people. Sister came back. I'm going to leave your mic open. Though. I always enjoy the um, the conversation that you bring. Let's go to my phone no line. Problem. I believe this is Chairman Hakeem. Chairman Hakeem, 470-1444. Black Power. Black Power, man. What's good, brother? Yeah, man, you know, uh, what a topic, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, I, 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 I would, I'm, I'm going to agree, you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna, I, you know, you got to, everybody got points, but, you know, I would say uh, the things back in the day that were, you know what I'm saying, only going on exclusively, you know, in the hood or whatever, is at an exponential rate these days. It's everywhere. You see what I'm saying? I got I, I, I got a homeboy. He's 22 years old. He got four chicks and a mm-hmm. life sentence. Yeah. Yeah. You feel me? Yeah. Okay. So this is going on at a more rapid rate. You see what I'm yeah. saying? And, 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 and you know, and you know how I grew up. You know what I'm saying? You know, I got a lot of different uh, uh, male role models, but I raised myself. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, so, you know, so, you know, it was like, you know, my mama, you know, she had different kids. So, you know, whoever stuck in the limbo just go with whatever's going on. You know what I'm saying? You know, I played soccer for five years. I cared nothing about it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It, it was wasn't good. one of my yeah. interests. You know yeah, what I'm saying? But you were good. You were good. Yeah. And I was good. But because, yeah, you good. Uh, but because of the way that I played and that it was never really nothing that, I myself want it. I'm real good, but I don't. I, I stay away from it. I don't. I don't watch soccer. I don't go on the yard and play soccer. You know what I'm saying? I know I'm probably still good because I was paid late. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? But that's a psychological thing. So, so you know, so you know, it's a lot of things that that go on these days, and because of you know technology and what it's in. You know, more people, and you know what I'm saying, or 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 whatever uh, expected you want to throw up there. Everything that was going on back in the day is the numbers are higher now because you know what I'm saying. Everything is recorded. Every yeah. Well, you know what though, Hakeem, I you know to jump in there with you. We were I was talking about that dialectic earlier. I was talking about when you have two polar opposites coming together, that a change is going to happen. During segregation, even though segregation was forced, I'm not an advocate of segregation because segregation simply means someone else controls the the resources. Now, separation is a choice that we as a people would make, that we want to be separated. Therefore, we will control the resources that um, provide stability to our communities, our nations, our society, whatever we were building um, during the course of that separation. But I say all of that to say this. 
during segregation, when we weren't um, mixing with the oppressor, we had morals, we had ethics, we had values. And so we produced differently. The children were different. The upbringing was different. The schools were different. You know, I heard someone say one time, even our schools were named after famous African people or African-American people, whatever, black people, mm-hmm. you know, Frederick Douglass, Harriet Tubman High, Benjamin Banneker High. You know, so even our schools were named after our people. But when we begin to assimilate and try to be like them, and, no, let me say, before I get to that, so back then when we had our own standards, morals, and ethics, and this is no not nephew, going to prison was a stigma. Going to prison was a stigma. It was not cool mm. to go to prison. You dig what I'm saying? But when we began to assimilate into their society, and their society, capitalism is set up like this. In order for the few to succeed, the many must fail. That's why they call it the 1%. So when we saw this being a real phenomenon, when we saw this being a real factor, we began to embrace and celebrate our underachievement and our failures. We begin to be slow niggas. The more thuggies you fuck yourself. That began that instead of our resistance and our revolution being one of empowerment and upliftment, it began to be how raunchy and nasty and savage could a nigga be? How many bitches can we call a sister? How much mm-hmm. illicit money can we get? We will spend a brother will go to college. Nobody will know about a black man or black woman going to college. Let a nigga come home from prison. We throwing barbecues. We got balloons. You see what I'm saying? Do you feel me? Don't feel me. A brother or sister will go yeah. up to higher learning. We don't acknowledge that. In fact, there are some in our communities that would condemn that. But you let a brother or sister come back from prison. And nine times out of ten, the reason he was in prison or she was in prison was perpetrating a crime against people of their own community or their own ethnicity. But we will mm-hmm. celebrate this. So this is the effects of what I talk about colonialism. These are the reactions to actions of colonialism. Since we understand that we won't never achieve or reach the level that this imperialist capitalist society sets for the select few, the elect few, and they want a few token Negroes and a few token other ethnicities, other minorities through, just to give the illusion of inclusivity and um, equality, it's just an illusion, but the vast majority will never make that. Then what we begin, what is the reaction to that? We begin to celebrate our depravity. We begin to get more sick with it. The pants go from just sagging to all the way down around the ankles now. It goes from, you know, um, certain things that were used or said to, uh, as, as I don't even want to say terms of endearment, but just as a vernacular or a language in our communities, between us, become the norm. Now, like the sister came out was saying, we're on Facebook, dogging one another out with some of the most, uh, man, some of the raunchiest, most depraved, deprived um, um, language. The African people here from the effects of colonization, it has affected our relationship because we don't, we haven't set ourselves aside enough to say, who am I trying to be equal to? I don't need to be equal to them. I have to set my own standards, my own morals, and my own ethics. 
You know what I'm saying? I must evolve and advance as an African person. And in order to do that, like I'm always talking about in our manual, the three Ds, I must define, depend, I must define, develop, and then defend that African character in those institutions that cultivate and build African character. I can't constantly be a reaction to an action from an imperialist capitalist colonizer. And that is exactly what African people are doing. We have become a bunch of reactionaries. We react to everything. Even to the, and I love the Black Panther movie, so this ain't a, you know, all you Black Panther movie fans, don't be listening, inboxing me with no BS. But even to that, we reacted. We reacted. We're reactionaries. That's, and this, it is time the revolutionary must take back, must step away from the reaction, um, the reaction mode, step out of reaction mode and become action oriented and begin to awaken the masses of people to become action oriented, therefore taking control of their destiny in their life because no one can control your life but you. Did you want to say something before I go to the um the next phone line, uh chairman? Uh let's roll. Let's roll. All right, let's go to it. let's keep our phone lines rolling. Area code two one six five three six three. Your mic is open. Black Power, comrade. Black Power. Hey, uh, I just want to deal with uh, and uh, everybody making some good points. Definitely, we have to deal with uh, and you did a good uh, a point in terms of the school because uh, we forgot about Tuskegee Institution. We forgot. About that uh, we created peanut and made it what it is, medicine, perfume, and everything. We forgot about the cotton gin. Everything that the slave so-called owner gave us to oppress us, we take it and made it convenient for us so we won't have to sweat and die in the field. We came up with the cotton gin. We came up with the blood tech plaza. But we don't know that because we don't go into history. We go back into the 60s, and that's where we stop. You better go back to the beginning, where it began. And we do that every time we have a birthday. Oh, uh, you forgot my birthday. You always want to go back to the day you were birthed. Then we need to go back to the day our movement was birthed. And our movement was birthed that we came as genius. And it, and it never been that. And I'll tell you something. If a young man ain't got a father image, believe me, that Negro standing on the corner gonna give him a man image. That's why he become a pusher. That's why he become mm-hmm. a hustler. And I'm talking real deal right now, and I'm upset. Why? I went to jail, charged with trying to get heroin out of the community and methadone out of the hospital. Heroin was the king, and methadone was the emperor. And a lot of brothers and sisters thought, well, I'm gonna go get some uh, methadone. Methadone deteriorates your brain. We work with the Young Lord Party in New York. And no brothers, man, we see the flow in the hospital. And we brought our own doctors in. And it showed that the heroin academic was one thing, but that methadone would deteriorate your brains and your bone marrow. And that was not enough. The more we move against drugs in our community, you look at Chinese, the first revolution they had was an opium revolution. They understood that you got to get drugs out of your community. So what we're talking about is we are a Panther Party. What is a party? I want to get the Panther straight on this line. What is a party? A party is a political party. 
We are a revolutionary political party. That means that we have say-so of what goes on in our community, and that's where we understand that we got to fight with that. Huey came in with the defense mechanism, and now we got to defend. And like you say, the three Ds, that's right, the three Ds got to, got to be defended. So those who don't learn history, so we got an academic again. They're coming into our community. But male and female is a natural thing. It's burns and overs. And when that baby come out that wound, is your household in order? That baby not in order. Now they talking about giving guns to the school teachers. The powder was enough when they hated you, but now they're putting guns in the classroom. We at war. We've been at war ever since we landed here in so-called North America. And we got to look at this. It's time for us to unite and organize. It's time for the sisters and the brothers to get our house in order. There are certain sisters that is off the hook. There are certain brothers that is off the hook. It ain't just the male, and and, and it ain't just the female. We off the hook, and we understand the structure. But school and community, and I, mm-hmm. and I give this quiz to all of you. We live in a community in a neighborhood. Community means common unity. Neighborhood means your neighbor might be. I want to go back to the I don't want to live in a neighborhood black power. Black power, right on, right on. And that's you know, and that's and that's real. And that's one of the things that we have to um, really look at. I like we go back to when we talk about the male and female relationship. And this is one of the reasons I asked about the effect of colonization on the male and female relationship because every culture, every people have a culture to use as a premise in the interaction of their male and their female. And this is a real, I, I think that we don't put enough emphasis or we don't really don't spotlight that enough. I think that we gloss over that and really don't understand why we're having some of the problems we're having in our relationships with one another. Because what are the parameters that we're using? When we get to, you know, that was the whole point of, at one point in time, courting. You know, when we did live in a segregated society, like I said, we have morals and ethics. Those of us that are, you know, 40-plus or whatever can remember a time when our community was based on a, a certain model. There was a time when I could watch the news and see a crime happen on the news, and instantly I could tell you what color that person was. Yes. I, you know, if, if I heard that if a baby found in oven, I'd be like, it's white. Somebody white. Now you can't even the assimilation and integration into this society has eroded our moral fabric, has eroded our ethics, has eroded our common sense so much that we are as barbaric and savage and beastly as the people who have oppressed us and have subjugated us and exploited us and, 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 and practices and practice those particular tactics are ways on us. And so it feels into it spills into hold on one second, second, So it spills into our relation, our understanding of relationships. It spills into how we interact with one another. It spills into we talk about like the sister was saying. I think the sister, um, sister Justice was talking about how a lot of these young men and, and men in general have a problem with women, with these strong black women or strong women. Period. 
But it goes to something that Matt was saying when you talk about the feminization movement. And in the feminization movement, remember I was talking about the scientific principles of every action as a reaction? The feminization movement, what was the reaction of that? Men begin to feel suppressed. When you have young boys that spend eight hours a day, eight hours a day in school, and nine times out of ten, they don't see a male teacher. Really, they're probably spending that eight hours, nine hours a day with a white woman, but they're spending with a woman. And then they're in a single-parent household, which a lot of times is ran by a woman. And the woman is this, and the woman. So they see all this authority all their life. The authority has been a woman. It's the same way that when the black power movement was really in the birth and became, began to be heightened, it was because of the overt um, racism and oppression and discrimination of white people. You know, clearly the white, when Elijah Muhammad said the white man was a devil, that wasn't hard to conceive because everywhere you saw, you saw the white man behaving like a devil. So it wasn't hard to put two and two together. Yeah, yeah, yeah the white man must be a devil. Yeah, he goes again. So when this young black, when this young black man grows up, when he's been up under this authority for so long, and some of this authority isn't as conscious as you sisters on the on the air tonight. So a lot of this authority are man bashing and have a problem with men, or it's not just overtly man bashing. They see him using their feminine wiles to, you know, sisters. You have to be careful the men you parade in front of your boys or the tricks you use. You know, so a lot of times when these brothers, um, when these young men come up, you're starting to see the reaction to actions that they have been exposed to as young men. And I think that that's a lot of times what a lot of our sisters and our brothers, you fathers out there, forget that these boys will grow up to be men. These boys will grow up to be men. Okay, and then after you share it, I'm going to go to, I see you call. I'm going to come right to you after I'm chairman car. Okay, go ahead, Chuck. Uh, uh, one is that uh, uh, you deal with it. it was a culture. Ain't nobody pull up in front of the house and, and blow their horn and your daughter ran out jumping the car. That Negro had to meet the mother and the father. And then when he met the mother and the father, then they asked him, uh, well, what's your dad and your mother's name? And it's like you going back in the day, man, when you were out there hustling, I got to spill it a little bit. When the, uh, when you was out there hustling, the police grab you, say, your daddy's name what? Brother Ben, a man, we should take you up and whoop your ass. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah man. I haven't forgot that, man. Why? Even the devil know who is working to bring about the positive uh, growth. When we assassinated and integration, and we came into the European, we took over the culture. What are you doing right now where the sisters got to be careful, where the brothers had to be careful back in the day, the feminization of the white woman. She the one that uh, they drug out the cave by her hair. She the one that they snatch on horses and rape her and abuse her. Now the white woman is trying to recruit the sisters to come into her movement. And it's not by her movement. We understood what family was all about. And and uh, half of these movements right now is to take away from our movement, Black Lives Matter. When my mother and father gave birth to me, Black Lives Matter. When they lynched me from a, a tree, Black Lives Matter. When I sit on the back of the bus, 
Black Lives Matter. When I got shot down and incarcerated just because I'm walking black, Black Lives Matter. So all these movements, the feminization and co-op our movement, we have to be very careful about it. If you ain't got no man and you ain't got no woman, woman means wound of mind. Man means mind. And you go into the womb of mind, you go into the mind. And I end up by saying this. When a sister lady, what she thinks is how she feels is clocked into that baby. The baby ain't just just being nursed in the womb. It's from the fluid. The baby being nursed in the womb from the way she feels and think about a man, black power. Black power. Carl, let's go to our um, phone lines. 832-6151. Your mic is open. Black power. Black power. I respect and honor to Brother Chairman, to my brothers and sisters that are present tonight. Brother Chairman, I just really kind of could tell on what a lot of the brothers and sisters was talking about tonight. And uh, it's my belief that uh, that although that what's going on amongst our youth and in the community, that if we just plant the seed, that's right, and just create a strong image, because I think that that's how they get us with everything right. they do with media and image, and show the strong image of strong black men and how right. they look and how they live and how they act. I believe that the power of a strong man going to break through any chains. You know, once we awaken to the truth, brother, and it's my personal belief, and I don't care what nobody say, that the Vanguard has the manuscript. We have the manuscript. We have the truth. I believe that it's our time. It's our season to display a strong character, and that's what's missing amongst that's the right. community. The character and the power of a man, especially a black man. That's right. See, you know, brother, I believe, man, when we sitting on that corner, or, you know, or we can just think of the, you know, the corner, and you see the strong black man coming through with the lunchbox going to work, you know, the strong black hands look strong. Even the thugs know not to mess with this brother. That's right. Because he's a man. They, they ain't never. They just know he's a man and he real. See, I think that's that's what's missing. And like I said, brother, I think we got the manuscript. So within me, you know, every time I listen to the broadcast, it just fuels my soul. You know, I can see how Jonathan felt with George, how the spirit of George transcended to Jonathan, because just like Islam and anything else, the vanguard changed George. He was a thug. He was a hula. But when he got the ear of the truth, it fueled a beast. So, you know, brother, I just, you know, man, I just, man, I feel so empowered. I feel so honored to be able to just hear the words of, of the veterans in the movement, man. Black power, all power to the people. Black power, all power to the people. And that's absolutely right, man. And the brother, and I, I think that you're absolutely, absolutely right. And that's, and that's the first step when we talk about, when we talk about the three Ds in the party, define, develop, and defend. The, the whole first step is going to be that define black manhood. See, this is yes, what we're combating now. When, when, you know, in defining black manhood, we're going up against this propaganda machine, this beast. Who is that? That was was that you, brother Robert? 
Now, this brother James. Brother this James, brother okay. James from Austin, Texas. Okay, okay, bro. Oh, what's going on, brother oh, James? Yes, man, sir. I'm all right, brother Jeremy. You know, I had I had the honor and the privilege to talk to you and brother Ward. You know, I'm I'm, yes, I'm with brother Ward. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm, I remember you, brother James. I man, you know, I'm, and and it's on. I'm glad you came on. Yeah, I remember you had to say. You know, we got brothers popping up. So you know, in Austin, I'm looking forward to really building, um, building that chap chapped up in Austin, Texas, man. So I'm glad you chopped up, jumped on. But like we were talking about that, um, uh, that defined black manhood. And when we go yes, against sir. this proposition, black manhood now is defined by material possession, according yes. to this society. So we have to, this is what I talk about, the revolutionary beginning to separate. And if not a physical separation in the offset, if not in the very beginning, a physical separation, then a physical separation of emotions, of mental, and even spiritual that we begin to develop communities that set our own standards. See, it's hard to define manhood. Like you said, back in the day, we knew that was a man. When we saw that strong brother with them big rusty hands coming through with that lunch box, we knew that was a man because we knew what he was doing and what um, he was doing it for. We knew he was going home, he was working, he was taking care of business, he was handling his business, he was going to feed them babies. He was going to see his woman or whatever. But now, in this day and time, that's looked at as some sucker shit. Right. When the image of manhood changed, when the hustler began to be on top, when you got cats that get on there and talk about Versace, 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 Louis Vuitton, Louis Vuitton, Louis Vuitton, and manhood is defined by material possession or how much money you have in your pocket or what type of car you drive, then those of us that are real men have to begin the process of, like you said, I love what you said, planting that seed and not just planting the seed because after the gardener plants the seed, what does the gardener do? The gardener must then begin to tend to the garden. See, now yes, we got to start weeding. We have to plant that seed and we have to start weeding out and we have to start watering and might have to add a little fertilizer. We might even have to put a scarecrow out there to keep the birds hmm. and things from um, plucking up the seeds. So now the actual planting the seed and now the actual work of cultivating the particular vegetables or fruits or whatever seed that we're planting to see it grow to fruition, now the actual work of that comes into play. And this is what we're challenging the revolutionaries to do from amongst the men and the women. You know, I'm telling you, revolutionary women to redefine black womanhood, to take back that mantle, to not allow it to be drugged through the mud or to be degraded or to allow these women perpetrating womanhood to be the standard of what is defined as or looked upon I looked at by the world, looked upon as black womanhood. Yes. We have to take it back. We have to reclaim our heritage, our right, our destiny, our culture, and our traditions. I want to go to our phone lines again. Um, call us 762-6675. Your mic is open. Black power, my brother. Black power. Conrad Robert calling from our enemy line with Chairman Hakeem. Okay. What's going on? What's, what's going on? What's going on, comrade, man? I got your voice mixed up with Brother James a little earlier. It's all good. Wow, you know, he got the, it, it seemed like he got the same fire in him as I do. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. That's why I thought it was. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, you know, man, a, 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 lot of, a lot of us ain't, ain't – a lot of men ain't men no more. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's what's 
that's what's making us so far behind because, you know, we got the clean-up mistake from those dumb motherfuckers, all, all the dumb people, our dumb brothers who just been doing so much dumb shit, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's hard to get ahead when you're having to be behind that or go behind them and clean that up, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, 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 and they in the households, you know, disrespecting the tan down the women, you know, so when we do get with her, the good man, you know, we got to struggle to, to, to try to keep afloat with her or build her back up because this lame man nigga done tore down, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, yeah. you know, the unity, man, we just, it, 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 it's hard to come together when we're working against each other, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. When you trying to clean up your neighborhood, and here I come behind you, as soon as you just cleaned it up and spray painted it and tanned it up. Oh, it's just hard to get ahead like that. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, our sisters, man, you know, that's, you know, that's, that's, that's one of our strongest stepping stones, man, because, you know, not, not only do they, they, they give life, man, but they, you know, it'd be a lot of, uh, I know I grew up without a father. You know what I'm saying? I ain't never seen my daddy. My mom ain't never had no husband or nothing. She did it. And, you know, it it, it be to the point where it, it be hard for them to do all that stuff alone, man. So they shut down and break down inside. And, you know, it, it, it be so much work you got to do to come back in and just repair. You know what I'm saying? Because... You can't you can't you can't drive a car if you don't if, if if it's broke, you don't repair it, you can't drive it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Ain't nothing you can do but about to sell it or just give it away. So you know, man, and until the uh, the majority of us start just stepping up and being men, man, you know what I'm saying, it's it's, it's gonna be hard because it's gonna take some men. It ain't gonna take no cowards, it ain't gonna take no little boys, it ain't gonna take no punks, no no, you know no half ass in the nuts. You know what, brother Robert? I, I, I wanna say this and this is what I wanna you know, and we got K Mac on, we got the brothers on, we got some sisters on, Minister Justice and the sisters that did chime in and the brothers chimed in because I'm I'm hearing that. I'm hearing people say we have to step up and be a man. What is manhood? What is this black manhood? You know, I let's start with some sisters. Came back. You still on the line, or Minister Justice? I, you know, I like to hear the sisters. I, I would like to hear the sisters. You know, what what is black manhood? What is black I'm, manhood? I'm, yeah. Black manhood. Black, black manhood. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, Queen. Black black manhood. No, it's um, me. So black manhood for me means that I don't have to be worried about every little thing, you know. Like uh, a woman, a, 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 a black woman has to, you know, she's like juggling. It's like a juggling act, and somebody keeps adding another ball, and you got to keep juggling. And a lot of times, you ain't got nobody to support you in this, you know. So the fact is, if the, and, and then if there is a guy around. Um, uh, your dude or your man, he ain't. A lot of times, he ain't. He don't recognize your struggle. He doesn't understand that you that you that you constantly fighting all over the place. So you thinking thirty steps ahead in your head about twelve different situations, you know. So I would assume that it's support. It's not lying because uh, lying and deception and and um, dishonesty because a person believes that if. They don't lie to you. They're not lying. But when you don't tell the truth and you're not transparent, that is dishonesty. And then above all, everybody respects somebody that gives them a token of love, a token of gratitude. You know, come, come, come home and say, you know what, 
Look what I got for you. It could be a nice book that I you saw that I like. It could be anything, but that's not what happened. You know, um, even the universe itself does not allow for somebody for, for somebody that's not putting anything back. You know, reciprocity is a real big part of the universe, and a lot of these brothers do not give back. And I don't know what it is about the um, the struggle that since I've been, I've been coming around a little over 20 years, and a lot of these brothers don't have no job. And and, and then if you do try to help them out or you give somebody a bowl of soup, they swear to God they use you, you know, and that's like the big thing now, you know, to, for, for, for men to, like, be leaning on. They, and I don't even say leaning. They be laying on you like a weight on top of all the other weight that you have. And I don't care who you are, no woman is going to respect a man that is not bringing home anything. She's not going because a human being, even if it's another man and y'all roommates, whatever the situation, nobody is going to allow another individual to just not bring in anything because it clogs up the universe. So I think that a support, mental support, um, love and affection, honesty, and I and one thing I really hope now that I see a lot oh the side chick, the side piece, the side. What is that? Now there's some new stuff like that's not not that's not honorable. So it's but it's being pushed that way. So it's it's making these men believe that they're supposed to have a woman on the side. You know, if you ain't got a woman on the side, you got somebody you grooming. You know, so these are the things that make a lot of the arguments because women are very intuitive. And if they perceive that something is not right, there's no peace in the valley. And they can't put their finger on it or they can't say what it is, but there won't be no peace in the valley because they know something is not right. In the meantime, she's doing everything. She's cooking, cleaning, washing his clothes, doing all these things, and getting nothing in return. Anyway, just let me just be brief about it. Just black power. Just be strong. You know, that's what a man means to me. Somebody that's so important. What about you? Right. I, I, I you heard know, you want to We got to start standing up for our own actions, man. Well, you got to do it or bad. You know what I'm saying? You yeah. got to take responsibility for your actions. You know, that's, you know, that's but, part of being a man, too. You know what I'm saying? Respect. You know what I'm saying? Showing respect. Getting respect. You know, maintaining the household, man. Doing right with them babies, man, because our babies are our world. And you got so many homes with just single parents in it, man. And I don't know how they get it done, but they cook, they clean, they go to work, they go to school, they take care of that baby, they just have that baby, they raise that baby by their damn self. And I don't know how they do it, man. You feel me? But there's so many homes like that, man. And we got to start being fathers to our kids, man. Or our kids going to end up lost in this system in here, man, because there's so many young kids in here. It's kids in here, man. And that don't make no sense for these kids to be in here like that. Because they ain't learning how to do nothing but be more worse, be better yeah. than they are. And they ain't really trying to stick to the father figures in here. They want to get with the game. So, you know, man, we just got to start taking responsibility for our actions and just, and just doing what we're supposed to do as men, man, taking care of our family, but, being the head, not the tail. Listen, we're using that word man. That's why I'm asking for a definition. K-Mac, Queen K-Mac, go ahead, though. I, I, yeah. you, you've been patiently waiting. I wanted to hear your, your <laughs> so definition of man. Um. Minister, she she hit a lot on the head, um, which I I, I 100% agree. Um, He is to be my protector, okay? But at the same token, I don't put myself in a situation 
that gets him jammed up. So it's always going to be a give and take. But he will be my protector. He will be our family's protector. Um, I know you mentioned about the material, but you're going to have to get over it because you need to provide the material. The material is the home. You should be providing the home. You should have a job. You should be able to make the money that helps us, you know, survive. Not saying that me as a woman won't. First and foremost, I'm one of those types where he needs to come to the table with what I have or more because I'm ready to build. I'm not ready to sit and take care of somebody. Now, something happens and he can't work, got it. I got him covered. I will never complain about that. But a man who's not working, um, a man who doesn't want to work, a man who wants to lay up, that's not a man. A man that doesn't protect, a man that has a side chick, I will not tolerate that with all of these diseases out here today. You can get from just shaking people's hands. You can forget it. I love me more than that. I don't do community D. I don't mess with any of that. Okay? He has to be the role model so that he, my son, when I have one, uh, has someone to look at because I am one of them. I don't believe I can raise my son 100% myself. I mean, of course, I can do the basics, but how to be a man, I'm not one, so I can't teach him that part. And that's the sad part. You know, the, the, the blessing is I had a man. You know, he passed away, unfortunately. Now, my son is a wonderful man to his wife and his daughter. That's how that gets passed down. You actually have to do. We sacrificed a lot. He has to be willing to sacrifice. He has to be willing to put me first. He has to be willing to not allow someone else to degrade me even when I'm not there. He should defend my honor at all times. And please don't say give him something to defend because obviously I've given him that already. So he has to come prepared not only to uplift the family. And for me, I also expect him, I define him as being active in his community, being active with other young men. That's a requirement for me. Well, let me, let me, let me, mm -hmm. go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, you know, at my age now, um, I'm meeting men my age. And it's very interesting because uh, they look physically good, but to me, they suck. They do nothing in their community at all. They don't have any desire to be involved. They know things are going wrong. They have the resources to do it, and they refuse to. So that's an automatic turnoff. That's not a man for me. I don't know what well, let me, let me, call let me, that. Let me, let me ask this then. Let me, let me, because let me say this. And the brothers, I'm going to put y'all brothers on the spot. Now, don't get all shy because brothers love to jump out there for the black woman. Oh, the woman is, she's so perfect, and the woman has a show. Now, I'm going to put you brothers on the spot. To be as honest and forthright as as the sisters were. Because, you know, I hear what the sisters are saying. And this is the problem when I talk about colonization of the in, in effect of Africa. What are you basing all of that on? See, in most cultures, there's a premise 
to say a man does this, a man does. What are you basing all of those things on? And are you taking in consideration? So when you say a man must provide, he must pay these bills, he must, you know, they got things down. Well, brothers are felons. Brothers, they, they lucky if they get a job at McDonald's. Will you date a man that goes to be dumb? But, but that's a whole other thing. Brothers, what defines a black woman? And they told you what they expect. And y'all, brothers, y'all better get your asses up. Go out there. You better start providing some ends. You better um, walk the dog and wash some dishes or whatever the things the sisters was there. What do, what do you brothers consider black women? What is black womanhood? Can I get it? You go ahead, Chairman Carl. We'll start out, definitely start out with the elder. Uh, yeah, man, look. I'm the best cook in my house. I wash dishes. I sweep. I mop. I do lunch. Right. Yeah. That does yeah. not make me feminine. That make me knowing that my mother raised me. And That's right. That we had chores. You took the garbage job. It was your time to wash dishes. And that goes yeah, back. Chairman, I got thirty. I got thirty minutes. I want you to get because I got thirty minutes. I want you to talk about what defines because the sisters define black to them black manhood. What defines black womanhood? And and you know we got thirty minutes. I want the, some of the brothers to get on. Okay, definitely. Okay. What defines black womanhood is uh, what defines black manhood. A woman is a mind as a man is a mind. If she lose her mind, behind going out the window, and he, if he lose his mind, his uh, brother's going out the window too. We got Sister Asada Shakur. We had Harry Tubman. So there's no excuse. Our mind is the greatest thing that we have. So when the sister looking at shaking that button, brother looking at shaking and swinging, no, the body does not make the movement. The mind makes the movement. Woman is a mind, and a man is a mind. Black power. Black power. Brothers, uh, brothers on the lot. Brother, uh, Chairman Hakeem, Brother James, what defines, define black womanhood? I mean, you know, uh, if I, one, of the, one of the things that's really important to me, like, you know what I'm saying, a, a black woman got to be strong, you know what I'm saying, because a black man's strong. So yeah. that, go hand, that go hand in hand. You know what I'm saying? That go hand in hand. And uh, and you know, it's, it it got to be it got to be like like water, cause when you talk about black man and black woman, every black man and just because I'm a real black man and you're a real black woman does not mean that it's gonna work. Like you know what I'm saying? Yeah. When, I, you know, I would to, like to know. Go ahead. You, when, when when it when it comes to you know what I'm saying? What's a, a real black woman? The basic foundation is you, you only have uh, some principles and morals. So I think what a real black woman is, that, 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 that's real broad because everybody's perception is going to be different. And same thing on the opinion on what's a real black man. Yeah. You know, my thing is this. You know, I, I I I question. You know, and that's why I wanted the brothers here because what are you holding your standards to? I have my interpretations and opinions of a real black woman. You know what I'm saying? One that is caught up into this neo-colonialist understanding. One that understands the conspiracy against black people 
in general and specifically the black men. We target him through when you look at the, the statistics and the percentage of black men on paper, the hindrance from black men getting jobs that will produce that will pay enough to allow them to be effective providers for their families. To not to deal to understand that the black man is going through psychological issues and to have not just be a lover but to be a counselor. And not just to be a counselor, but to be a nurturer. You know, um, not to hold the black man, not to hold the African man to the standards of European men. You know, like Sister K. Mike was saying, and I can appreciate, and this is why I love this show, because even though people may have different understandings or may even disagree, they're very respectful. But when I talk about materialism, I do think that is a Eurocentric standard to hold manhood to. Europe, uh, and and when we talk about this side chick, sisters don't like to talk about polygamy. They don't like to. They want to holler about Africa. They don't want to. They want to share no dignity. I want this man. Are you worthy of all of those things that you want to, in this era? And we're just being real. We're keeping it real. In this era where women outnumber men something like 10 to 1, what makes you think you're chasing this brother? See, you sisters get this. And this is why these corporate American Negroes, these handkerchief-head Negroes run through, run through a lot of sisters because sisters are chasing. They have adopted Eurocentric ways and have held the standards of the European. And the black man in corporate America who is making a certain amount knows that he's a rarity, knows that he's the king of the crib, according to people who hold these Eurocentric standards, and he runs through the sisters. And he plays the sisters. You know what I'm saying? Instead of so, I'm thinking we have to, in my opinion, of course, we have to defy black family, and it can't be based on imperialist, capitalist morals or ethics. It can't be based on, I'm not saying brothers shouldn't get a job. I'm not saying brothers shouldn't contribute to the pot. But that brother may not bring the chicken. He may not have enough to bring the chicken. It just may be a potato or a carrot. But is he contributing to the pot? Is he contributing to the family? Is the family bigger than just his material worth? You know, when you think about protection, I need my woman to be able to bust a shot like I bust a shot. I need my woman to be able to swing them things like I swing them things. See, I don't go into my whole thing of this of this black manhood. I'm I'm always curious of what stand where our sisters get the prototype. Just like I'm curious, I wanted to hear what the brothers had to say about black, black, black womanhood because I want to know where they get their prototype. You know, I hear some brothers say, you know, I don't want my woman to say that she needs to be quiet and don't say nothing, walk behind me and support me or whatever. I, you know, at one point in time when I was deep in the Islamic community, I wanted my black woman to be like a, uh, uh, a 14th century, a uh, 1,475-year-old 1, ago Arab woman. Well, yeah. bells, bells, my wives wore bells and gloves. I can't remember. You remember the sisters, don't you? I can't. I and I think it always changes. Like, it changes with you. <laughs> you know uh, what I'm yeah. saying? Because it do. It changes as you progress. You, um, um, if you are, if you are not with your partner who is ready to progress with you, then your partner's going to change. Your partner's going to change. Mm-hmm. I think that we have mm-hmm. to define. Because we will, if this is what I mean by constantly being, when we're in relationships, constantly checking the, I like what you said, Hakeem, I like that. Constantly checking the evolution against 
our colonized thinking, our neo-colonialist thinking, constantly checking that. When we have problems arise in our relationship, we need to be able to be adult enough and mature enough and revolutionary conscious enough to say, okay, you know what, let's take a breather and let's see how much it is is the influence of colonization or neo-colonialist thinking, Eurocentric, imperialist, capitalist thinking are just our own mess up. You know what I'm saying? Because we don't, as Africans over in America, we don't have a prototype. It's like we don't and, have a set history. And, and I, I, I want to, I want to, oh, go ahead, sister. What I was going to say is, the thing is, when the man and woman come to the table equally, that lifts a lot of stress off of um, arguments. It actually does something to eliminate when there is the finances are secure because one of the main reasons that people fight is money. If both of you are coming to the table with finances squared away, you can focus more on the relationship and building. And that's just factual. That has been mine to many other people because you need the finances to live. You need the finances to take care of your You wouldn't date a brother that makes whiskey. So if this brother was a good brother, active in his community, uh, you know, parents to your, of course, you wouldn't date a brother because he made less than you? Because he worked at a, um, I don't know, whatever? I would not. The reason I say I would not is because eventually I have to be able to take a rest. And that's one of the things that I hear from women in general. When do we get to rest? Okay, okay, but to keep accepting less when this society requires more. We're not leaving the society anytime soon. Whether you like the way our economists have set up. We need a rest of if I wanted to stop working because I'm exhausted and he's working McDonald's, it can't happen. That's exactly, not but see, that's not a rest. That's not yeah. a rest, came back. That's a stop. A rest is okay. No, 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 no. Hear me out. Hear me out. One second. If you're making, if you're making, say you're making, a rest is if you're making. You know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm gonna do hourly, not even yearly. If you're making thirty dollars okay. an hour. And you're making that by yourself. And you get a man making $15 an hour. Now you got $45 an hour. When at first it was just $30 an hour. You see what I'm saying? Your rest okay. comes in is because there is, he's taking a burden off. Now, if you just want to stop. No, 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 no. You no, no. Want to it, yeah. and you want him to take care of it. Yeah, see, that's what you're not understanding. You're trying to think the way a woman is thinking. You're a man. And I say, respectfully, you have to stay in your lane because when a woman is tired, if I want to stop working, I'm tired, I can't do it if I'm making 30-something an hour, he's only making 15. That's unrealistic. Why do you think you have the right to stop working, though? I have the right to stop working because I have been doing it all this time, and that's just it. If I want to stop working, I should be able to. But, but Sister K. Mack, let me ask you this. So the brother so the brother never gets to stop working. He's been working all his life, and then when he gets with you, it's not a relief for him. It's just an extra burden. Now, now you want to stop working? See, because he doesn't get a rest either. Now, he's been working. Now, if he makes $30 an hour, 
See, that's what men come in. We feel like we're getting played. Now, why should I? You've been doing all of this by yourself, and instead of us coming up, now you want to stop? We should be building together, but now I have to carry you? Why not? When black women have carried black men, and we are known for doing it. So when does it become the time where black men start carrying black women so we can take a rest? Are you, are you, this is going to be a whole nother show. I'm I love serious. it. Absolutely. Um, I'm serious. But I'm just saying, if I want yeah. to stop, you know, let's say I can't work anymore because I've been injured. Let me, let me share this. Then what? Yeah. If you well, can, I, I, I want to absolutely. Uh, well, I, I want to say, uh, men, you have men exactly the same way. They just take care of women their entire life. Yeah. Yeah. You have men the exact same way. You, and, 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 you know, they don't date. The rich, they don't. They, the, the, you know, they just. They just pool. Any man yeah. I know that has taken care of women, they had. Uh, they they were very very controlling. They will control yeah. and and and, and all the women are too. Just so that they can control. You know, like I don't. I, you know, I understand what she's saying. It is. I understand. Huh? Black power. Black power. I, I, I understand. This is who's Man, this is very important. Okay, I can give you I give you three minutes, Abu, because I got a caller on the line that wants to get in. I know that was was that Minister Justice. She wants to come in. All right, That's great. Right. Got, got three minutes, and then Minister Justice and call. I see you. We got you. Okay, uh, uh, one is to take a man with a full quick, uh, with a full paycheck, but don't have no mind. It's a man that's trying to struggle with a mind. If they go with a full paycheck, they're gonna take care. But there's brothers and sisters out here that the system knows not getting that money, but they have mind. So we go over the mind. Then goodbye to our movement. Absolutely, I agree with that. I agree with that. I agree with that. I don't think that nobody has the has the time for relaxation. Minister Justice, I don't want to get into my spiel. I want you to go because I want I want to get to this call on the line. Okay, I was just saying that I understand what what Kate Mack is saying because I basically tried to spell that out in the very beginning that we are tired. And, and 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 the thing about it is, I think if I see another black strong woman black seminar, I think I'm just gonna gonna throw my guts up because like how much stronger do we have to be? And the thing about it is that um, we can raise we can raise our boys, but my sons are grown, and I recognize they're not a minister society. But what I recognize is that they resist. Women saying things to them, saying things to them, and they did it because I was a disciplinarian, and I wasn't going for this or that. But if, if I was a man and I said the same thing, it would have been different. But because I'm a woman, and they're men now, they do the things that, I, that the, the way they they were raised, and the constrictions and confines that they had to deal with. But I do understand about having to deal with. Um, a, a, a black woman being tired because we are tired. And, black, and, black and, and it doesn't are, seem we get any sleep. Black power. Black men are black men are exhausted too. I like what came the sister K Max said, like she said, you know, respectfully. Black women, you're a black woman, so black women stay in your lane. 
Black men are exhausted. You think the black man is not tired? You think the black man is not? I'm not saying that to discriminate. We're both not discriminated against. It's just not the same type of discrimination. And I could never put my, I won't say one is worse than the other because I don't know what the black woman has to go through. But you think that the black man is not tired of being targeted, discriminated against, belittled, not only placed under white supremacy, white males, white women, but even under black women? Why do you think a lot of these black men, and this is my opinion, of course, grow up there? We've been taught to hate one another so much that it is easy for us to murder one another, and now it's getting so bad that we hate being black men so much, a lot of us don't even want to be black men. These niggas are gay. That's how much they hate black men. They, they, they're turning out, they hate black manhood so much. But they don't even want to be a black man. They'd rather be a black woman. This is how suppressed in the bottom of the totem. If anybody is on the complete bottom of the totem in the world, the world, it is the black man. The black man and has been systematically kept. Listen, I'm going to go to my phone lines because this is going to be. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I want to, yeah. I want to, I want to, but you know, uh, you know, being around all these men and everybody getting, you know, being dependent, I yeah. do believe secretly they like to be the provider. Secretly. We would love to be, but you know what? The and then when we run out. The provider. Secretly. But look, here's, here's the deal. When the black man's options are taken, because we on paper, you know, lack of uh, finances to get higher education, just outright blatant discrimination. You know what I'm saying? When you get, see, even the black woman, you kill two birds with one stone. And if you get a black woman, that's a double minority. So the black man is even, you're talking about, even if he has the, if he has the education in the workplace, it's still a chance that he'd be discriminated against. And we're taught, we're taught be the provider, be the provider, be, that's manhood. Then you want to get mad at the black man when he run out there with the pistol running the liquor store, when he on the corner selling crap. When he's breaking in your house to to feed his babies. Now everybody wanna look and call him a vagabond, a thug, or this that but at the same time constantly pumping in his head that black manhood is materialism. Or black manhood is providing by any means necessary. And when he does any means necessary, you know, black man and you brothers behind enemy enemy lines and mostly you in there doing any means necessary. That same black woman that told you was a provider is with the next Negro setting his ass up for penitentiary missions. That's what I'm talking about. No right. Oh, no, 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 hold on, let me go to my phone line. Let me go let, yeah. let, let, let me go to my phone because I had a call up patiently waiting. 817-7732. Your mic is open. Two please family. Our son supernatural power to the people. Um, what we have to understand is just what we have done is went and we have searched and found a lot of our culture, a lot of our true culture or our past true culture. But we have to couple that culture with our reality today. And our reality today is that we have to balance this thing back out because it's out of balance. And so the way we, we have to um, really think reasonably in the way that has to become or, that, uh, or how it has to play out, only not work as a woman 
if it's conducive for your living conditions within your home. So when you and your mate sit down and y'all have that conversation and he can accommodate that and he agrees to accommodate that and that's where y'all are in y'all relationship, then that can happen. But it can't just be out of um, pessimistic, uh, uh, it's my turn now and, and things like that because now is not the time for us to be that petty with our men or our women. We can't have that type of petty attitude or demeanor towards one another when we both have a natural enemy, and that enemy is both of our enemies. So the only way we can defeat that enemy is if we do it together. And so we got to acknowledge the system that we live in and the, and the society in which we live. Both men and women must work in order to live comfortably. You know, and that is contingent upon whatever your comfort level is or whatever your comfort zone is or whatever success looks like to you. We cannot come outside of that. It can't be a, well, women have carried this. and it, No, our man, our counterpart is not our enemy, and he is not the reason why we've been having to carry everything. That's our natural enemy. He is the reason why we have to carry everything because he took our man away from us. And he didn't just take him away from us. He took him away from us. He imprisoned him. He indoctrinated him. He effeminized him. He did everything to him, making us carry the burden and then uh, uh, lying to us and deceiving us and making us to believe that we are the backbone when we are one. And in order for the family to function, both parts have to be functioning within their highest potential for the given time. We can't look at 100 years ago, 200 years ago, 1,000 years ago, and try to say, okay, I'm going to miss that reality in with my reality today. It doesn't work. So we can only do whatever is within our potential to do in the society that we exist. And in the society that we exist in, both male and female have to work. That's why we have to be careful and cautious about bringing children into the world. And this is something, you know, we had a conversation today, and I spoke on food stamps because that's one of the things that in the black community most people are talking about right now. And Donald Trump want to take food stamps. And we're so dependent on the system. I agree. We should, he, it should be so hard, concrete blocks on getting food stamps to where it forces people to have to get out and do what must be done to make sure that the family survives and that the family is successful to whatever degree that is for that individual. We need some fire up underneath us so we can really see how strong we can be back in a society because right now, we are the weakest link all throughout, from the projects to um, the Oscars. None of us are trying to do anything to establish a black nation. So if we don't have our own nation, we're existing within another person's nation. And we got to do that, and we got to make sure that no matter what, there's no drama in our home, there's no no um, outside culture in our home. We got to focus on home now. The system pushes individualism. So the masses follow that. That's just the reality. 
So the main thing that we got to focus on is what goes on in our household so when it begins to spew out. And we are at a time where we can reestablish true culture amongst us as racial kin, then, then that's when it's time for us to get in our huddle and say, okay, this is, what, this is my land. This is what I have to offer to the community. This is what I have to offer to the community. This is what we get when we build a community, and then we go from that. But until then, in the situation we're in, man, we can only function. However, the the two people that choose to get together can function. If it's not feasible for one person not to work, for both people to work, then both people got to work. And we got to look at that. Absolutely. And I'm coming out to my... Thank y'all for letting me speak. I got to go. Love y'all family. Man, it's time to build. We cannot argue amongst ourselves. Our enemy is doing that. It's time for us to sit back, look at them motherfuckers, look at them argue, do their thing, and we got to do ours. But everything we got to do got to be in the positive. We got to move to the positive now. We got to have our own, what they call a goddamn Black Friday. Because they Black Friday mean we're trying to get from the negative to the positive before the end of the year come in. That's the mentality we got to have as a people. We're moving and from we, the negative to the positive. Absolutely. Listen, I'm Sister Eve. I think I'm coming down in my last five minutes. I sure appreciate you calling in and sharing that. I appreciate everybody. Came back. Always love the exchange with um, Queen K-Mac. And the Queens, I appreciate the forthrightness, the candidness. Um, the being of it, and the brothers that called in and, and said, I think, I don't think, I love it because it's not really, I don't think any of us are speaking from anger, just from places of passion. We're very passionate about our struggle. But this just reiterates the fact that colonization of an African people over here has greatly affected us. Our views of, like I said before, when you look at um, other cultures and, and uh, when you look at other people, they have cultural references. They have things, you know, they can go back to their grandmothers and their great-grandmothers or great-grandfathers, and they have these points of reference that of how men do and how women do. And we're fumbling in the dark, trying to put that dynamic together, trying to build something cohesiveness and practice, and not just unity, but a unity that would empower us and advance us as a people. And it's going to be in this right here, this program. It's just a reminder that it's going to be a struggle, but we must have these dialogues. We won't always agree, and I'm sure they will always be passionate, especially coming from different genders that have been thrown in the mix and that are using other people for reference points. You know, everything that we were saying, I'm sure that all of us in our minds had these reference points of what we deem to be real men, real women. I have my reference points of what I've deem a real man and a real woman, and, and I'm sure there's some people that won't agree with that. You know, some of it is very Islamic. You know, I do, I'm do. i one who believes in polygamy. I, I, I practice it, or would think sisters are probably would even agree to practice mm. it, but I think that it is a practice in, you know, from an African culture position, and I do see socially and economically the benefit in polygamy. So, but what reference point is that? You know, I do come up from an Islamic um, upbringing. So what's my reference? So there's a lot of things, man, a lot of questions that have to be answered, um, a lot of soul searching that has to be done, but it starts with these discussions. It starts with these discussions and complete honesty. I want to thank everyone 
spending their Tuesday with us, the People's Black Panther Party for Self-Determination. I want to thank um, those faithful listeners that called in and always, and I see you on the lines listening. I appreciate you. We wasn't with you last week, but I do appreciate you coming in. There again, K-Mac, Minister of Justice, I appreciate you, sisters, being forthright and candid. Chairman Hakeem, um, Brother James, Brother Robert, man, um, definitely those behind enemy lines, keep your heads up. Do your thing. And what we'll be doing, I'll be talking to you next week. Same time, same place on a Tuesday. I leave you as I greet you. All powers to oppressed people, African power to an African people, and black power. Black power, brothers and sisters. Yo, all I need is one mic, one beat, one stage, one nigga front, my face on the front page. Only if I had one gun, one girl, and one crib, one God to show me how to do things his son did. Pure, like a cup of virgin blood, mixed with 151. One sip will make a nigga flip. Writing names on my hollow tips, plotting shit, mad violence. Who I'm gonna body? This hood politics acknowledge it. Leave bodies chopped up in garbage. Seeds watch us, grow up and try to follow us. Police watch us, roll up and try knocking us. Money I duck, could it be my time is up? With my luck, I got up. The cops shot again. Bus stop glass burst, a fiend drops his Heineken. Ricocheting between the spots that I'm hiding in. Blacking out, I shoot back. Fuck getting hit. This is my hood, I'm a rat. To the death of it, to everybody, come on. Little niggas is grown, hood rats. Don't abortion your wound. We need more warriors soon. Shit from the stars, sun and the moon. And it's like a police chase, the street sweepers and coppers. Sick up kids with no conscience, leaving victims with doctors. If you really think you're ready to die.
top, too egotistical Talking all that slick shit the same way these bitches do Wonder what my secret is Niggas will move on you only if they know What your weaknesses, I have none Too late to grab guns, I'm blasting Cause I'm a fool nigga, thought I wouldn't have that ass done Fool you niggas, what you call an infinite brawl Eternal souls flashing, world gets deep Some beef is everlasting, complete with thick stars Brothers knifing each other up in prison yards Drama, where does it start? You know the block was ill as a youngster Every night it was like a cop would be killed Body found in the dumpster, for real a hustler Purchased my range, niggas throwing dirt on my name Jealous cause fiends got they working to play Bitches left me cause they thought I was finished Should've knew she wasn't true, she came to me When a man caught a sin, diamonds are blinding I never make the same mistakes Moving with a change of pace, light a load See now the king is straight, swelling my melon Cause none of these niggas real hurting were Telling police how can a kingpin squeal This is crazy, I'm on the right track I'm finally found, you need some soul searching The time is now All I need is one mic All I need is one mic all I ever needed in this world Fuck cash All I need is one mic Fuck the cars The jewelry All I need is one mic Spread my voice to the whole world 